everyone. Welcome to the Lipstick League, where sports and pop culture come to play. I'm Natalie Hagedal. And I'm Nicole Mahalik. And this, I almost drove to Natalie's house on Sunday night. And I was like, let's just record it at 1 a.m. in our tears. In our tears. And, and you were uh, like, I'm at Xfinity Live, bitch. I'm drinking my sorrows away. <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much. So unless you've been uh, living under a rock um, in the Philadelphia sports world, the Sixers were officially eliminated uh, from the playoffs by the Atlanta Hawks on Sunday night. And it was a game that was tight the whole time. You kind of almost thought that they were going to get it done. Uh, And then the fourth quarter rolls around and you watched them completely, I think, implode and not even, I felt like they looked like they were struggling the last two minutes. Like they just looked so defeated that it was kind of like they threw in the towel. Um, Trey Young is my new sports villain. I'm thankful that I found one because it's been a long time. Now I've had to replace Tom Brady, right? Right, right. right. I never really hated Kawhi just because I always knew Kawhi was talented and I kind of like that he's a space cadet. Yeah. You know, and like the the quadruple doink was um almost like an aberration. And if that if you get if you make that basket, you're meant to continue on, right? But Trey Young is just he he's just like a hate the face, annoying, snivelly little weasel who just bothers me. Um, so the fact that he kind of just owned the Sixers, uh, primarily through the series and especially Sunday night you know, just being such a presence on the court, um, despite the refs and their pick and choose. Despite the refs picking and choosing their fouls. um, Yeah, Sixers are done, and it's a really disappointing end to a season with a lot of promise and a season where we thought we'd see some growth from, you know, that player who the city of Philadelphia would just like to shoot a basketball. um, Never got around to it uh, in the playoffs, which is all that we had hoped from him, I think. Here we are. Joel Embiid carried the series, carried the team on his back with a torn meniscus, mind you. And um, yeah, your tweet was Joel deserves better than this. I'm sorry. Which when I play Gabby Barrett, one of the good ones, do you ever hear that song? No. It's, uh, it's one of the top country, the country songs. No. Yeah. It's just about, it's, she's singing it about her husband that he's one of the good ones. But every time I've played it th- this week, I'm like, this is dedicated to Joel Embiid. <laughs> On his first Father's Day, too. I felt so yeah. awful Although for Although it was really weird because his fiance girlfriend, she didn't post anything about Father's Day, which I thought was really interesting. Are they still together? I don't know. And she not only did she not post Happy Father's Day to Joel, she shared in her story one of the graphics that was like, sending love to people who are without their father today who are missing their father you know who are a single father anna what and DePaul. and DePaul. yeah um first before i go on my little rant i'm wearing my um britney spears t-shirt um because yes wow look at that that's beautiful right if you're watching this on youtube you can see it um she's like the blessed mother because this is a whole episode in and of itself but she finally spoke about her conservativeship and she was basically like i'm traumatized i'm shocked i have an iud in my body that i can't get out i mean it was crazy so anyway i'm wearing my shirt in homage to britney spears um really quick about the quadruple doink 
that was happened because of the double doink. Yeah. We had the double doink in Chicago and the city of Philadelphia was celebrating the double doink like we did something. The yeah. only thing the double doink worked was because Cody Parkey screwed up the kick. Yeah. It wasn't that the Eagles actually did something good. And the whole time people were celebrating, I kept saying, this isn't good. This is bad karma. Remember, the double doink was on the Pico building, and I didn't like it. This I was like, the sports gods are going to punish us for this. And what happened? Not only did they punish us, they quadruple punished us and gave us the quadruple doink. And there's no doubt in my mind that the sports gods gave Atlanta this win because of the Super Bowl. A lot of people are saying that perhaps we did really sacrifice our souls. No, no, no. There's, well, I, I agree with you in that, that Philadelphia sold their soul to win the Super Bowl. I oh, mean, you're the saying Super Bowl gets the of, why? Because when we beat um, the Falcons? No, no, no. When Atlanta lost the 28-3 lead. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But I, I think meant because we're just cursed and doomed to live the rest of our lives wandering through sports purgatory. Well, that, that championship win. I mean, I'm going to get to that in a minute, but I do think that the sports gods are real. Right. And I think sometimes it's not immediate. Like the double doink was immediate. It's like, I mean, the double doink happened in football season and then basketball season was the quadruple doink. But this Atlanta thing, I feel like it had nothing to do with us. I think it was the fact that the sports gods felt still felt bad that they lost that Super Bowl against the Patriots when yeah. they the 28-3 comeback. What I what I will say a couple couple things is I'm not I don't want to say whoever is listening if if the Sixers are listening, I told you so, but I've been talking about the goddamn snake and everybody and you validate me and you're like you're not crazy because you get it. You you think in the in the voodoo world. Yeah. You know, and there it, are people It's who, not even voodoo. It's more like symbolism and spirituality, right? And like universal signs for stuff and like it's rare that a snake is a sign of a good thing, right? Like just think about the Bible. Exactly. The snake is not a good thing and when they roll up they've never made it out of the second round of the playoffs since they unveiled the snake. Why do you need a second logo? They unveil this logo when they get to the playoffs and then all hell breaks loose. And I didn't think that they were going to make it out of the second round. And this is why, because I know that you said that you felt like they were going to pull it out on Sunday. We were there when the Phillies won the, the World Series. We yeah. were obviously there when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. There is an energy that is palpable. There is a chemistry. There is, there is something that happens in the city and with the people, and that did not exist with the Sixers team. Well, I think, and I think, you know, Wednesday night for me kind of sealed it. That I mean, I, I, felt I, I thought I, the game Sunday night. I thought they might be able to do this but I didn't have any confidence that they were going to get past the Eastern Conference Finals if they were able to do it um just because you think about Wednesday night's loss last Wednesday you know you and I watched the second half mostly together yeah and they didn't even look like a team that had ever played together before and it's it makes you wonder like what's the um how you're talking about the energy or whatever where is that um bond and where is that cohesion that you kind of see where the the team's on the same page right they're just they weren't 
there's something there's something in the locker room that's causing a disconnect and it's it's it could be the players it could be the discontent um around you know the issues with ben it could be doc rivers it's it's it they didn't seem like a team that was playing together because they couldn't get it together right um because go back blo- to the like people. the the blocks and and the shooting it's just like nothing was um nothing was working right yeah right but like go back to the Eagles 2017 season. That first game was against the Redskins and they won and they dumped Gatorade on Doug Peterson. And and the national media, even some of the media here were like, that's ridiculous. It was the first game of the season. But there was an energy with that season. Even before we knew they were something special, there was just this thing. There was just this chemistry. You go back to, this is even before social media, go back to, you know, Chase and Ryan Howard and Shane Victorino and Jimmy Rollins and how they always were having fun and there was this camaraderie and you could just feel that excitement when you were around. This team didn't have that. No, there's like a discord. There's a disconnect. Yeah. Um, like, it's, like, it's like there's an elephant in the room that nobody can quite address and it's preventing I it's preventing the team from playing at their highest level. And I think um you know, the national media got on it. The we the Philadelphia media has been on it for a long time. Uh, it seems, sadly, that the elephant is probably Ben Simmons, right? Because you think about a game. You know, they pulled it out Friday night. They were able to get it done, uh, force a game seven. That was a win when, you know, their backs were against the wall. But Hank always says that I'm a Ben defender. I mean, you feel a little bit that I'm a Ben defender. I'm not a Ben defender. What I am is I, I recognize... Ben Simmons instinctual talent. I think defensively winning defensive player of the year isn't nothing, but at the same time, it is nothing when you're coming up short in the playoffs, when your team needs you. Right. It's like, it's not, it's not balanced anymore. And it's gone on for too long that that shouldn't be a reason why we lose. And that's becoming the reason why we lose. Right. And so Ben doesn't shoot the ball. I always felt like the reason that, you and I clicked and the whole reason why this works is because we don't just see one part of it. We're able to see the, the onion, right? We're able to see the hexagon, the octagon of situations. Yeah. And I feel to me, and, and I even posted on my socials after they lost, like I've been telling you about the snake and people were like, you mean Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, is the snake, Ben Simmons is horrible. And I'm like, and I even commented back to this woman, which I love the fact that women engage, which is why we started the lipstick league. And I said, Ben Simmons, she was like, Ben Simmons is awful. Ben Simmons is not trash. I'm like, Ben Simmons is an elite basketball player. You don't become second, you know, almost defensive player of the year. You don't win. Like there's something happening with him that is turning him into this player who is scared of basketball. And I think the bigger conversation is one, like, what is it, right? Like, is it that, because there's two ways you can look at it. It's a severe mental block where like he wants it so bad and, and it's blocked or like he just really doesn't care anymore. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's two, right. Cause we've talked about this a lot about how there are people who want like Tom Brady wants it so bad. He does whatever he can to win. He just is constantly trying to perfect his craft. 
and he and in one of his interviews he did a really great interview with Dax Dax Shepard and he said there's so many players I played with that are, were so much better than me but they didn't want it as much as I did yeah and so like that's the question with Ben like does he want it like and he does he want it so bad that it's almost like when you when you think you're in love with somebody and like you you're become obsessed with them and then and then when you become obsessed with them you in turn push them away because you're so obsessive or is it that he really just doesn't care but the bigger part of the conversation is it happened to Markel Fultz it happened to Carson Wentz and now it's happening and it happened to Ben Simmons so like the common denominator is why do these players who are supposed to be the star come to this town and they regress so bad, we literally push them out. Um, you know, I think back, um, who was it during the Wentz thing that said Philly is a tough town to play in? And it wasn't his style. Who was that? Do you, you, know, you know who I'm talking about, right? Chris was it Malcolm? I think was, Chris Long said it. It was, yes, it was yeah. Chris. It was on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think if you're somebody, and this isn't a slight in any way, I think if you're somebody who, and think about the three of them, what do they have in common? They're all used to being very, very good, right? Ding, 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 ding. Where are you? Move over. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding. Exactly right. Yes. Um, They're all used to being very good. They're all used to kind of being heroes, and prodigies and you know ben had an entire showtime documentary made about him markel fultz number one draft pick overall carson wentz number one draft pick overall um has this they're all instinctually naturally talented athletes so it seems like the three of them when they face some sort of barrier um it does something in their brains uh where it impacts the execution right because maybe it's that they're not used to and they said it with you know we heard it a million times with Carson they're not used to facing adversity correct and when your backs up against the wall it either makes you or breaks you and it seems like for whatever reason in Philadelphia the pressure was too great which is a sad thing right because it's not like I think the Philadelphia fans just want them to succeed so bad so they you know, I, it's so weird how like you're literally in my brain because that's ex- I I think the and we a lot of times Natalie and I don't talk about this before. No, we don't. No, we don't. Wait. So it's authentic. And yeah. I I literally agree a thousand percent because you have somebody like Joel Embiid, who is who didn't learn to play basketball until he was almost fifteen. So he had to he he was not a child prodigy. He lost his brother. He was he was stuck in America not knowing the language. He, and he had to scrape and claw and scratch for it. So he thrives in that kind of environment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, and it's not, and it's not a, it's not a detriment. It's not their fault necessarily. It's just right when you've been the, um, the greatest for years and years, we're talking from childhood, right? Like from the time you're a kid, when you're told that you're great and you could do anything you want and you're the greatest in the space that you're in whether it's football or basketball and then you get to the big leagues and 
you know, you're not playing as well as you're used to. And especially when you're used to it just being effortless, right? And you don't have to try because it's just what you do, right? It's like, and that's the thing about Ben too. It's, it's you know that he practices and you know that he yeah. practices shots and, and that's where it's sad, right? It's because you know he can do it. And I think that that's what's so frustrating is he can do it. It's just, it seems like he lacks the confidence in the games so much that when he can get the ball and put it in the net, he just doesn't even want to try. And, and that is, I, I, we talked about this before. I said like hypnosis or like cognitive behavioral therapy or, or something where, you know, he has to get it out of his brain that he can't do it. Right. And because what's that saying, whether you think you can, or you can't, you're right. Yeah. That's, that's, we talk about it a lot too, the power of positive thinking. And I fall into cycles of, um, you know, negative thinking and things aren't going to change and this isn't going to be better. Like I, I have that propensity myself. Um, and it takes a lot of inner work to get yourself to a place where you push yourself to change your mindset. And I think that that's what Ben needs. And I'm, I'm worried, I'm worried for Joel because I don't want to squander his years here if he doesn't have the proper support because He's a superstar. He's playing at a superstar level. And I think it's a shame that he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't have the support that he needs. And I feel bad for Ben because, you know, it's another year that's come and gone. Right. And it's how many years is this going to go on? And the thing is, and I think the sports fans think that I thought this was going to be the year where he figured it out. I think there were a lot of people who are rooting for him and who want to see him succeed. And they were like, Oh, well, this is the year. Right. And then it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's the same thing as Carson Wentz. It's yeah. It's literally the same. But we went through, you know, we went through this year without it happening. And then we're going to go in. You heard Dara Mori. You heard Doc Rivers this week. The way that they were talking about Ben, they were saying, we like what he has. We think he can do it. Blah, 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 blah. So it's like you have all these people who believe in him, but it's. And that's what they said we, about Carson, too. Yeah. But is it, are we going to go through another year where he just doesn't shoot the ball? And then. So, David playoffs and right then it's the same sort of collapse like when was the Boston one point game when was that that was what 2018 now was that 18 or 19 19 it was 19 so still that's two years ago you know the clock keeps going you can't go back and it's like that's not progress right if anything he's completely regressed yes which which is the most scary thing of all I, like, I don't – I I follow a lot of sports media, and I have not seen anybody talk about how this is almost the exact same thing with Carson Wentz. It's it's severe regression. It's every year we thought it was going to get better, and it got, it got worse. And what happened at the end of the Eagles season? They benched Carson Wentz. What happened in the final few minutes of the Sixers game? They benched Ben Simmons. Because both times the coaches couldn't be sure that their star players were going to be able to deliver. Like, how is no one talking about that? It's the same fucking thing. Like, and it's, and, and, and Ben's probably going to leave. And it's like, how is, it's just, it's just so crazy to me. But David um, Boardman, who is on staff at, he's a, an educator and lecturer at Temple. And he oh, said. Oh, Dean Boardman? Yeah. Oh yeah, I love Dean Boardman. And he he's said, my, my alma mater. 
Go Owls. Go Owls. Well, dragons for me. T, te- T for Temple U. He says, watching an elite athlete break down mentally and emotionally is sad and painful. Yeah. Especially when he's on your team. That's the best way to sum it up. Because, like, I really do feel bad for him, whatever is going on. But it's like, maybe he just doesn't care. And maybe he just... Because you have to understand, too, like, there are some people that have been elite at something their whole lives, and they're just over it. And he's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't have it in me. Well, and that, and you know what else, you know what I think about um, mentally, right? So you know how there are those people, and I'm one of them, that uh, when you're not being mentally challenged enough, you don't succeed, right? So what there's, you know, they say, like, a kid could be bad in class and it's they think it's because he's a bad kid but he's not being challenged enough mentally like he's too smart that he's too that he's bored in class right right so and i often wonder i maybe there's some sort of like sports psychology study on this um that maybe when you're that good at something and you know you kind of do it like it's almost like self-sabotage in a way right because you think if you're the smartest person in the class that you'd want to excel, but you're bored with it. Right. So it's, you get bad grades and you're, you're bad at school. I'm wondering if there's still some type of that with, with Ben and maybe Markel a little, right. It's like, maybe it's like some sort of imposter syndrome or something like that. Like, I think, I think Carson was in a bad organization that didn't help his situation. I think the organization was more at fault for Carson's demise than the organization was at fault for Ben's demise, if that makes sense. Yeah. I still think Carson, I still think it's personal responsibility to get, to get it together. Oh, oh, absolutely. And, and he's not getting any younger, right? He's 24 years old. So it's like, we're hoping to have on Dr. Sarah Goldrick Robb. Um, who is also from Temple and she's a professor of psychology and medicine and has this incredible organization where it co- it's called Hopes for College. And um, she's just this badass female smart and into sports and she's amazing. And we're really hoping that we get her on the pod. And I think that she would definitely to have some insight, like the psychological insight of kind of what's going on. And, and I think it is, I don't think it's as simple as like, oh, he just sucks. It's kind of like what happened. Right. But I also think it's really interesting with doc rivers too, because he was the coach of the Clippers and never got them out of the second round. He comes to us doesn't get us out of the second round and yet the clippers come back from a 25 we lost a 26 point deficit they got out of a 25 point deficit and made it out of the second round into the western conference finals for the first time in franchise history after doc rivers left the organization you know you know how i just found out like that my ancestors you know are in phil have been in philadelphia since it was basically you know since it was founded since like 1742 did we talk about this Mm-mm, no you didn't talk about this no oh my god i didn't i didn't tell you about this you did a 23 and me no i did ancestry.com and my i trace my relatives in philadelphia in fishtown northern liberties and port richmond back to 1742 before the revolutionary war my first you are an OG. I'm OG and like never literally never left the area. It's like, why haven't you left Philadelphia? Oh, well, my family's been here since 1742. It's not an exaggeration. 
Um, they were like in the original Hamilton. <laughs> so I found out that this um, John Freiberger, the earliest settler, settler, whatever, settler that I could find, um, fought on the foot regiment for the, in the Revolutionary War. Um, and wow. then lived in Northern Liberties as a butcher and like owned a cow. He owned one cow. And then my great, my, one of my great, great, great grandfathers, Benjamin Flick, fought at Gettysburg and is buried wow. in Fishtown across the street from where I lived when I first moved back to Fishtown in 2015. Like, I'm not even kidding. I thought my bedroom was haunted. And, but because there was a cemetery across the street and I would wake up in the middle of the night and I thought that I would see like lights on my wall. And I told my mom, I said, mom, I think my bedroom's haunted. And she goes, oh, Natalie, it's not the dead that'll hurt you. It's the living. You have to <laughs> believe politely. It's just the spirits. Now, now, now here I come to realize I've been living across the street from my great, 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 great grandfather who fought in Gettysburg. Anyway, um, so I was able to trace a lot of the relatives. One of the flicks was buried um, at this church that used to be on second and front, I think, that they had to dig up and move because they were building the Ben Franklin Bridge, right? Wow. So, yeah, so they had to move the bodies of one of my relatives. He's in Laurel Hill now, this one. Um, I think it was the Gettysburg guy's dad or maybe some. Either way, one of my relatives was moved. I'm going to go, like, one, I'm going to take one Saturday and go find all of them. Um, but my point is, <laughs> I am bringing all, this back to Doc Rivers. <laughs> I'm bringing this back to Doc Rivers. <laughs> And Philadelphia sports. This is where my mind goes. I've always wondered if, and I've said this before, and I think I've said it on the podcast, if that ground down there is haunted or there's some sort of bad juju, the Novacare complex um, around the stadium area. I mean, I know that we won there twice. Like, I get it. But I don't know. Sometimes it's just a lot of things don't make sense, right? A lot of it, you haven't watched Ted Lasso yet? No, no, no. Everybody keeps telling me I have to watch Ted Lasso. So Hank and I tried to watch it, and we watched it with the wrong lens. We thought it was supposed to be a comedy. Um, I mean, it kind of is. But, like, we thought it was going to be. It's, like, um, feel good. It's like a dramedy. It's, 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 it's funny, but it's, like, sweet. It's not supposed, yeah, it's, like. No, so we went into it thinking it was going to be, like, Anchorman. Oh, got it, got it, got so, it. No, it's so like you have to go into it just being like it's a regular dude. Right, right. No, that we went into it thinking it was going to be a comedy series, and it wasn't, so we kind of turned it off because we're like, this isn't funny, um, and really didn't give it a chance. So, But I, everybody tells me, Ty's wife, Elizabeth, um, who I'm in, like, you know, communication with all day, every day. Yeah, um, we're friends now, too. We talk all the time. Oh, good. She's the best. She's the best person to talk to. No, she um, is. She, no, when she can't get a hold of you, she, she's like, I don't want to bug Natalie, but do you know who Ben Simmons' new girlfriend is? I was like, it's Maya Jammy. Jamma. Jamma. I got it. She's a UK model. Maybe he wanted to be out so he could fly to the UK and see girlfriend. You never know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Elizabeth was like, she always says to me, she's like, did you watch Ted Lasso yet? I'm like, no, I haven't. I will. I'm going to mess with you. But there, anyway, the, and I talked about this on the air because I talk about the snake a lot on the, on the radio. And I said in, there's a whole, Oh, that's you a like cute my mug. I wonder who got you that. <laughs> oh, got me this mug for as a housewarming present. Um, but there's this whole scene where the training room has been cursed and the players talk about it a lot. 
Yeah, I like. I don't know they if have a whole seance. It's a whole part of the episode where they have this whole seance. And I talked about it last week. I, before Game Five, I was like, somebody needs to go to the Wells Fargo Center. We need a seance. Who has sage? So, like, like maybe maybe we should do. Um, you know, what we should do. Maybe we can organize some sort of lipstick league. Um, good vibes only event. Yeah. Maybe like a good vibes only tailgate. And you could bring like sage and crystals. And crystals. Yes. And we'll, and we'll do like a group meditation. I mean, we'll also provide, like, we'll also have like alcohol and um, snacks, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but- I talked about it. And then somebody um, messaged me and said that St. Sebastian is the patron saint of sports. So then we're like, okay, like, what's that about? But like, there's something, I mean, again, I also don't think it's really, I also don't think it's a coincidence that. We won, we won the World Series in 1980, and then we won – it was 1983 is when the Sixers won the championship, and then it was 2008 when the Phillies won the World Series, and then it was 2018 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So, so are you saying there's something with the eight? There's something with eights. Did the did the Flyers ever win the Stanley Cup? Oh yeah, seventy five and seventy six. Okay, so theirs was in the seventies. So mm, that might kill our theory. <laughs> but that was all. But that was also remember, no one won anything until no one won after Liberty won and two were built until the Comcast Towers put the Mini William Pens up. Yes. Yes. So there and. and the first Mini William Penn was 2007, and then the, we won in 2008, and then the second one was 2000. It was 2017, and then we won in 2018. So there's no plans for another Comcast. So we got to do something else. We have to do a séance or something. We have to. I. I mean, I don't know. I think we should do um, a Lipstick League tailgate. And I we'll, love that. And we'll sage everything. And I know, like. My friend Reagan is like super into this. Like she does tarot cards. She does manifestations. Like she'll be able, like I'll reach out to her and she'll probably come. But if she can't make it, like she'll be like. She'll does that too. Oh yeah. She'll come. Yeah. She'll give us like a guide of like what we need. Yeah. Is Hank coming in? Yeah. He's here. Uh, Did you want to say hi? I don't know. I don't know how he did on the, at the bowling league. Worst, worst games of my life. Worst games of his life. You guys aren't recording? I'm sorry that I missed you last week. Well, you left about, I guess, 10 minutes before I came in. I know. I was, like, pissed. You should have stayed. Was that a hydroplast that I just saw? It's a fake one from Amazon. Hey, whatever gets the job done, right? Yeah, because Missy here does. Do you, wait, you know when I was at your house last week and I saw the, the water bottle with Doug Peterson, I was like, is this yours? And she's like, no, I wouldn't have Doug Peterson. I was like, you also don't drink water. So I thought maybe we're turning <laughs> Thank you. At least someone realizes that. I thought maybe we're turning over a new leaf. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let's do our quick NBA predictions. Who do we think is going to win? Oh, God. Well, I mean, it's obviously, I think it's going to be, I really do think it's going to be the Bucks and the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think the Hawks can beat. There's a part of me that thinks the Hawks can beat the Bucks. They feel like that team to me this year. 
And just the way that everybody's kissing Trey Young's ass, like he's the next coming. Yeah, but I like they might have like they might have like the story. No, I think the Bucks. I mean, I think the Hawks this year is like Miami last year. Okay. It's like it's like lightning in a bottle, but I don't think they're going to be able to win. Okay. Um, I don't think they're going to. I think I really, I really want Giannis to win. I do. Like I yeah, love him. It would be. It would be. He deserves it. He deserves he, I, it. Cl- clearly, yeah. he deserves it. <laughs> so, I, I'm down with that. But um, the other big story, obviously, is Carl Nassib, who yeah. is the first openly gay NFL player. And the fact that he not only is from Westchester, but he currently lives in Westchester and he went to Penn State. Like, how fun that there's, like, this connection. Yeah. And that's, like, a really big deal. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see what happens, too. And um, he, yeah, it, you know, and everybody's confused about him and Michael Sam because Michael Sam came out. Um, but he wasn't, I don't think he was active at the time. I think he was on practice squads, right? So... The difference is um, he's a he's a free agent. Carl is, and Michael Sam was on the practice squad. Or there was some difference. No, but I don't think Carl's on a free agent. He's on the Raiders. Is he actually on the? Okay, yeah. yeah. So he's on the Raiders. So maybe that's what the difference is. Yeah, I think Michael Sam was drafted. Yeah, he Michael Sam came out right before the draft. And then he was drafted, I think, to the practice squad, and then but never made the team. Yeah, and okay, is like actually on. Yeah, he's actually on the Raiders, and like the Raiders released this like big statement, and like and how they support him and everything. Yeah, and like Saquon Bark. So they were all teammates. So Trace McSorley, who's the third quarterback for the Ravens, because it's the Ravens have, um, you know. Um, Lamar Jackson and then RG3 and then Trace McSorley but Trace McSorley was the star was a quarterback with Saquon Barkley with Carl Nassib they were all on that same Penn State team yeah so Saquon did a whole post about him Trace posted about it Julian Edelman went in and JJ Watt is just the fucking best like he he just always says the best things like I just Malcolm Jenkins said something about it. Yeah. So I wish that there was more players. Well, uh, but you know, you know what I kind of love about the amount? Again, it's progress, right? It's not good enough. Yeah. And progress will really be when it's not a story. Right. But I think for the toxic masculinity that has gone on in football for so many years, for so many people to speak up and, and be supportive, because – I think it's 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 like a um, emotional growth thing, right? Where men can understand that there could be another gay man around them, and that doesn't mean that that just because that man's gay doesn't mean that they want to have sex with you, right? Right. You know, I always think it's so funny. It's like, oh, you think that you're that attractive that they just want to have sex with you, like, like automatically just because you're a guy? Yeah. But like- it, and that's and that's what like cracks me up about it. It's like they're you know it's it's an attraction thing, right? And it's it's just weird. And I I just like that there are men now in the NFL who are confident and cognizant enough to be aware of the fact that like just because somebody's gay doesn't mean that they want to sleep with everybody. It's just kind of I mean, and I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but you'd like to think that you know men can kind of have some sort of self control, and it's just like 
there's who you're attracted to and who you're not attracted to. There are some men, there are some men who want to sleep with all women. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, yeah. it's not like, it's, it's a, and you're it's a at work. like you're at work. Yeah. And you're what at work. You're going to do like, you're grab your dick in the locker room. Like right. no work. Yes, ex- exactly. Right. It's like, they're not threatened because somebody has a different sexual preference because again there's a level of professionalism and there's a level of respect and there's a level of understanding that I think a lot more a lot more men have now when it comes to this type of situation whereas even 10 years ago people were still afraid and it would it was still that like ugly um toxic masculinity culture where oh, you can't be gay or you can't be gay and you can't be this and you can't be that and you can't have your feelings and you can't be depressed. You know what right. I mean? It's just that old mentality that like isn't being perpetuated anymore. And I think it's it's so good for the future of the NFL. It's good for the future of sports. It's good for um, the future of anybody who is struggling with their sexual identity and thinks that they can't play or can't be something because of it. Absolutely. And I think... The fact that he did it during Pride Month and then he did the $100,000 donation to the Trevor Project is amazing. And the NFL matched it and the NFL put, you know, released all these statements on it. And obviously the NFL is problematic in and of itself. But the reason that Pride Month exists is for situations like this, Mm -hmm. you know, and like there was there were so many comments under his post. But this one comment was from um, an athlete who said he played football in college and that you know, he was so depressed and he can never live his truth. And, he, you know, just saying like, thank you for doing this. Cause you're going to help so many. And it's so true. It's, it's just the fact that we wish it didn't have to be a story, but the fact that there's, that there's out of the, out of the four major sports, there's only one out player. And you've seen numerous, numerous former athletes say that they've known they had gay teammates before, you know? Yeah. But going back to work, I'm going to, digress for one second because when we were talking about work I just thought of this I tweeted something and I said you know how does Joel Embiid not get mad at Ben Simmons like how do you not get so frustrated and you just like how do you hold that in and and somebody tweeted me back and which was a great way to explain it and they're like just think about it at your job like that you have a co-worker who you don't think is pulling their weight or you don't think they're doing a good enough job or you think that they're lazy but you don't have the authority to do something. So if the coach, if your boss or your manager isn't holding them accountable, there's only so much you can do. And I was like, Oh, I mean, that's like, like I feel that every day. Like I feel it every day where I work with people and it makes me insane that they're not pulling their weight. And, and yet the P I don't have any authority. So I just have to deal with it. And, and, and so sometimes I think we forget that, just because they're athletes, they're st- these are their coworkers. Like yeah. you want them to be friends, but like you're not necessarily friends with your coworkers. You know what I mean? Like you could be work friends where you see each other in the locker room and you hang out. And I think that sometimes we forget that. Yeah, I think the perception. I think the perceptions are always skewed, right? When you think about teams and stuff like that. But I, I feel like anybody who watched the last dance with Michael Jordan should have a better understanding yeah. of how team dynamics work. Like. You'd like to think that they're all besties, but at the end of the day, they're all their own people. And we're talking about grown men, right? Who are interacting yeah. together. And um, it, it, I think working with 
having worked with exclusively men for a long time um, and seeing how they all interact with each other, um, a lot of testosterone in an environment is it's heavy. You can feel yeah. it like you could like you could feel the energy and um, it's not always positive. Right. Just because of the like I'm, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, like men when they're grouped together, like there is this almost like animalistic like yeah feel to it where like the energy that they give off and it's like they're all very masculine like we're talking like the supreme men like these yeah. men, like athletes like highly talented athletes who like perform at the highest level in the entire world right like right. that's what nba players are so you put a bunch of them together in a room there's a lot of ego there there's a lot of um a lot of emotions whether or not they want to admit it and when i talk about emotions i mean drive and ambition and um competitiveness yeah. right so you're that's that's and that's just one person think about how competitive Joel Embiid is yeah he played on a torn meniscus how driven he was that he carried the team throughout the entire series um how you know passionate he is about the city of Philadelphia so he has all these feelings about the team and then you have somebody like Ben who also has a lot of those characteristics but isn't executing so right. he's probably feeling a lot of who knows what he's apathy at this point, it seems like. And it's like, you're just independent people functioning in this one closed space with all that energy. And it's like, it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. And I think that people forget about that. And just because Ben and Joe are close in age doesn't necessarily mean that they're friends or that they're buddies because they're two totally different people. They just happen to be these men who perform at a high level on a team with other men. It's like, well, and, and that environments that, can like, be incredibly toxic. I think it's also, a per I love that you brought up the last dance because if anything, like everybody kind of hated Michael Jordan, yes. but he delivered and he was so elite that they just, they, he, he was their coworker and they played with him and they won championships and like, that was it. But the, I think the problem too, is that like Ben isn't delivering. Yeah. So it's hard when, when you know that it's, in there and that well and think about that right they you know you saw yeah. Dwight Howard's Instagram live where he was like stop ragging him you guys never played a professional sport you don't know what goes on and I thought that that was a couple of sports media people were like give me a break blah 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 again typical males but I actually thought that was very telling because he actually I mean Dwight Howard's been in the league for a very long time and he gets it like he gets what's happening and so he was trying to defend his teammate being like you had no idea what this is and so I thought that was kind of I thought that was a good thing that he did it um you know and who knows what he said to him in the locker room if he has ever said anything to him but like I guess you just you know we're only speculating because we're not in it but I think when they use that example of their coworkers and think of your own office it, it, yeah. it's easier to it's easier to understand you know yeah but I will say, and I think we talked about this before about you know my man JJ Reddick we're gonna figure out how to get him on the pod and in fact Chris Long was just on his pod he was just on Chris Long's podcast I'm like seriously like oh but anyway Jimmy Butler Joel Embiid TJ McConnell Tobias Harris they have all been on his podcast twice guess who's never been on the podcast Ben. 
ever. I think I think that's more of a um, I think that's more of like a personality thing. If you say so, but it, go, it goes back that year with the quadruple doink when it was Tobias, Ben, Jimmy, Ben, and Joel. They had that chemistry. They they there was that energy with that team. But it makes sense because it's obvious that and TJ McConnell was still on that team. So it was obvious that Jimmy and JJ and Joel and Tobias and TJ McConnell are all friends. Ben was like the outcast there, but they're all, and I forgot Tobias has, I forgot I mentioned, they all, ha- they all talk about each other. They all reference each other in different ways. Like they all still chit chat with each other all the time. Ben's always the odd man out. No one ever talks about him. Cause he's probably that just that like guy in the office who sits in the queue by himself. And I think that if you perform, I, I, don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I, I, I don't want to, we digress, but back to Carl Nassib. Um, it's, it was a, it was a monumental week and I think it's very cool. And, and the awesome part is, is that, yeah, you're going to still see nasty comments, you know, on social media, but it's not going to be like that. It like, you're not going to get that from a team or from an organization or from star players. And I think that that's such a good point that you're never going to see a star player try to say it's not a good thing what he did. Yeah. Or like even 10 years ago, you might have heard negative comments from star athletes, but that would never happen now. No, no, not at all. It's, and it's just because the, um, yeah, I think it's just because of, you know, the way that we're making progress in society. That is very true. That is very true. Um, really quick, are you watching the Olympics? How do you, are you an Olympic watcher? I am. And I absolutely love, I mean, I love the Olympics a lot. Like, are you a summer Olympic fan or a winter Olympic fan? I like both actually. And I love, um, but I do love the summer. I love it for, where are you going? All right. No, you're fine. I like the realness. It's good. I know. He has to get, he has to let Ginger in. She's out there barking. Um, so I am kind of obsessed with the Olympics so much that my friends make fun of me and they're always like, here we go. Olympic Nicole is back. Like, I love them. We'll tell you a quick story. Um, the 1996 Olympics, we went to Stone Harbor for the week for vacation. I got to bring two yeah. with me and my friends wanted to like walk around Stone Harbor and be cool. And all I wanted to do was come home and watch the Olympics. I'm like, it's the dream team of gymnastics. How are we going to miss it? And then Michael Phelps got me 2008 is when I was severely heartbroken, severely heartbroken. Yeah. And Michael Phelps got me through heartbreak. Yeah. I just, I I loved every minute of it. Did you see how Cody Simpson, remember Cody Simpson, the singer, he almost made the Olympic team for Australia. He didn't make it this year. But they're saying that, like, he's actually so good that if he trains for another two years, he'll make it. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Like, no, I, later, I, Miley. I love, right? I love the Olympics, too. Um, I love track and field. I love all the races. Um, yeah. I also love the gymnastics. Um, the, the summer ones are fun for me, clearly, like basketball, soccer. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think I for watching. me, um, I think why I love the Olympics so much, just like why I love watching American Ninja Warrior, is that they're so elite and I'm not yeah. that I that like it's fascinating to me. Yeah, and you're seeing the best athletes in the world compete against all the other best athletes in the world. I'll I'll watch the Olympics every night, probably. Um, and speaking of the Olympics, this is like the last thing that we wanted to touch on. Um, Shikari Richardson. I mean, like 
the LSU. fact you oh my god when this she little precious angel she pointed at the clock like oh. i'm that girl like it was amazing and she didn't even like did you watch the race like it didn't even look like she was trying like she was she's so fast and did it with such such obviously it was effort but it looked so effortless i'm like yeah. what is that like well so that and apparently her time was one point something off of usain usain bolt and so he's crazy. six something and she's five one yeah right she's just this like little teeny tiny powerhouse and you know i saw her store you know i saw her post um race interview and she she really resonated to me right because she goes she's like you see where i'm at now she's like but you don't see you know what i go through um every day and you know i think she was kind of speaking to uh, like it's we don't know her story yet you know her mom died the week prior her biological mother yeah you know, she gave all the credit to her grandmother she um, ran up the bleachers to find her grandmother yeah it's the first thing she did um so for her to just get so emotional and just really thank her family it seems like for carrying her through whatever it is that she had to go through to get there um i'm just rooting for her all the way she's my girl I'm, I'm yeah, and and Alex, I also loved um, Allison Felix, who yes. her, her little girl was there. Yeah, like, she's a, like this is why women are so amazing. It's like, first of all, you're so fast that you can point at the clock, knowing that like you're about to crush it. As you have like the most amazing nails, and you're just and I always am fascinated with any athlete who wears jewelry. It's like I could barely like walk a hill or do a spin class with right, without being like, yeah, I'm, like I'm hot I'm choking I'm choking they're they are just bedazzled and they're just flying and I'm like I can't breathe I'm trying to do a spin class but like Allison Felix she's a mom like I'm just women are just are just superheroes and watching the Olympics and seeing these these amazing women it's just it's incredible I mean what Simone Biles does like uh. It's just on it's so good, believable. So it's so good. So yeah, we're we'll we'll be covering the Olympics here on the Lipstick League. We may Thanks not be in that. Tokyo. We're in our kitchens in Philly, but you know yeah, what? But we're gonna talk about it. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> we'll have to do like um, I don't know. We'll have to have some sort of like Olympic themed episode where we. What should we do? Like wear like candles and like wear USA gear or something. Maybe we can wear like, we can go to old Navy and get like matching shirts. <laughs> you know how like they all wear matching outfits? Where they they like, or yeah, like, should we get like full jumpsuits? Opening ceremony outfits. Yeah. And then we'll like hold like little torches or something. We can hold a candle and be in like our matching USA shirts. Yes. Fun. So, I love a theme. Yeah. So stay tuned for that on the lipstick league and a lot of other stuff coming up too. Um, Lots of fun stuff ahead um, here on the Lipstick League. Thank you for your patience um, as we, well, me personally, I was going through some transitions as um, some of you may have heard in previous episodes the last um, couple weeks. So, but we are here and we're just going to keep it moving and we're going to keep pumping things out and I'll be able to share where I am going. Where I am or where I'm going. Ooh. Where I'm going. Um, very soon it's coming up, but I gotta tell you, I'm really excited about it. And it's gonna yeah. be really, you really look cool. like so fresh and like just I'll like, tell you what. Like you got a new pep in your step. 
I so I was talking to my agent Josh Weinfeld. Shout out to him for being um, an incredible human through all that I went through in the last two months personally. Uh, he I talked to him earlier and he was like, the difference in your voice, like you just sound so vibrant. He's like, yeah. and I enjoy hearing you, you know, talk like this about, you know, what you have going on and what the future has ahead for you. So, um, yeah, no, I feel my mental health is improving um, day by day because I was struggling there for a little bit um, with a lot of the stuff that I was going through. And we'll talk about that eventually. But, um, but I yeah, want to no. give props for a second because I w- just so people realize like how selfless you are. So when you were going through everything you were going through, you were still so self-aware enough to say to me, I appreciate you just like hanging, like understanding. And I'm like, well, of course, like I get, like I got it, but you still like wanted to acknowledge that you were in it. And I was just like, this is why like, we like each other so much because I was like, of course, like I, I, I saw what you were doing, but you still wanted to make sure that I, that you knew that you appreciated it. And also like, don't give up on me. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm right. Like I'm right here. Just you yeah. know what I mean? like, we're, well, and I, and I think that it's so, it, it's, it's such an important thing to, to acknowledge when you're, you're fortunate enough to like meet people that, you meet with on an intellectual and emotional level, you know? Yeah. Another reason why we're amazing. Yes, that too. And yeah, no, I was, um, I was dealing, you know, with, um, some, some mental health, um, stuff. So I'm, but you know, I am in a much better place now and it's all thanks to a lot of the, uh, all thanks to me putting myself first, um, in a lot of situations in my life and doing what was best for me, um, and not letting, the outside world influence my self-worth anymore right i put myself first and um i'm really starting to feel um the benefits of it so that was a long <laughs> that was a long ending and it's <laughs> very cryptic and and one day i'll open up about it but thank you all for hanging in there with us and yeah we're gonna keep it rolling here and we have a lot of fun things ahead a lot of fun episodes ahead and um That's all for me today, Nicole. Yeah, so please, please, please um, give us a positive review. We would love that so much. Um, Yes. And follow us on socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, You know, we don't really do TikTok that much. We're trying to get better at it. But just follow us because eventually we'll put a really awesome viral video up there and then you'll be able to see it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yes. So, yeah, definitely follow us on all the socials. Once we do the Lipstick League seance, that's going to blow up. See, I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to do a seance because I'm afraid to channel spirits. It's going to be all my ancestors from the from the the world in Philadelphia. So what do we do? I'm going to, I mean, I'll, we should, we could, I mean, we could have a group like sage burning. You could do a seance. Well, no, we got to talk to Sheila and Reagan and we got to see, like, they're actually, they chit chat with the spirits on the daily. Yeah, they do. We got to talk to them and find out like, what do we do to cleanse the city? Yeah. To cleanse the aura of, of the city. It should totally be, we're going to make it an event and it's going to be so fun. It's going to be amazing. And everybody, and you like, I feel, 
I actually did a topic like this in the radio one time, but this one woman, she called in that she had a Carson Wentz jersey and every time she wore the jersey, something bad would happen. And so she, she literally took it in her fireplace and burned it. Like, so, so like Philly, like they, like they get it. Yeah. And so I think people are like, this is going to be a big, it's going to, we have to come up with it. If you don't want to do a seance, it's just going to be a cleanse. I don't know what we got to call it. Yeah. But we'll think of something. We'll think of something. And if you have any suggestions. Yeah. Actually, (laughs) you think of a name that we can call it like Sage, Crystal, like whatever it is to like re we gotta like rework the energy and and, recalibrate a recalibration recalibrate is like my favorite word for um like a like resetting things i i use it a lot i've been using it a lot um i just think it'll be like hum let us all now uh," like that would be (laughs) and together we let out an um and then we do like a like oh, almost like a rain dance. fly. We get it kind of sounds like the church like. All right. <laughs> we can right, say a priest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Uh. Bye.